0: Yes, stops. This is Motley Fool Money.
1: Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that wants to be on the young rich list but isn't young or rich. Ooh. I'm Andrew Page and with me is Scott Phillips. We're
0: very
2: good at lists though.
1: We are good at lists. There we go. We'll run one through the three.
2: Yes. I don't
1: think think that entitles us to be there. But anyway. All right, let's do it. We're going to talk a bit about uh, that rich list uh, in a moment. Six billion dollar men who sit atop that mighty pile of cash. How they got there, what Mm -hmm. it's all about. And we have to talk about your brain explosion, a what? mate. You had you uh, you knocked me for six throughout the week. My, I rode to Damascus. My Damascene conversion, you, I, mean. you think you know a guy? Um, a ticket to fortune, Don't or me. just a, a ticket? Stay we'll see. Tune. We'll, we'll talk tuned. about that in a moment. We have to talk about some results too. Yep. Uh, ANZ had some numbers out throughout the week, um, and Amazon and Alphabet knocking it out of the park Alphabet. again. Alphabet. It's uh, uh, formerly known the artist, formerly known as Google. <laughs> And we'll talk a bit about that. Better as than well. a peace sign
2: because it really doesn't work on a podcast. It doesn't really, does it? No.
1: And we're going to we're going to get you back on your high horse, mate. <laughs> this poor, poor nag of an animal, whose <laughs> back is very much uh, past its prime. Hey, be nice. So, mate, I want st- to I want to start with the brain explosion. So, uh, we we generally work at home. We have a bit of a Skype chat um, with with uh, the other guys. We do. We're talking about Bitcoin. We talked about the, uh, Bitcoin last week. We the, were talking about,
2: the... We've been talking about Bitcoin for weeks. We have. Well, it's just, it is the new black. It is, everyone's talking Bitcoin. And I'm so... on the record of saying, you can't value the thing. It's stupid. It's, uh, right. it's well, stupid.
1: stupid. Well, i don't stupid.
2: How the tune has changed. <laughs> so,
1: so so you dropped this bomb throughout the week <laughs> saying,
2: oh, hey guys, I bought $100 worth of hey. Bitcoin.
1: And my... <laughs> What's the, what's the bloody impressions? Thank you very much. <laughs> Hi guys. My, my <laughs> head exploded and I just fell off my chair. Yes. And, and not only not only did you do this, I've gone, all right, okay, fair enough. You know, uh, you know, when can you when are you gonna sell? And you say You can't sell. You can't sell. <laughs> so so let's 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 walk through well, well, this. I, I
2: need to, firstly, I need to apologise to my darling wife, who may listen to this and think, "What the hell have you done?" What the hell have you doesn't done? Doesn't yet know that I bought some Bitcoin. So, this, honey, I'm sorry. I bought some Bitcoin. This is very much a case of do
1: as I say, not as I do. I think, <laughs> as well, something like that. So, we have to we have to wind back a little bit here for those that may not have heard us rant on this before. But unless you've been living under a rock, Bitcoin is the new black. Isn't it's it? this cryptocurrency thing invented in 2008. I'm with the cool kids you are I'm very looking forward. much I'm, the...
2: I'm 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 am young I'm hip I'm happening got, I'm going bitcoin
1: I'm going to laugh at you a lot until <laughs> until you rock up in like three ferraris one day uh, so on your on all your bitcoin money and anyway so it's a cryptocurrency and and people have decided for better or worse that it is the new thing The funny mm. thing is uh, that more people I've talked to about it, the conversation usually goes like this hey i bought some bitcoin oh great and then the next question is so what does it do <laughs> like <laughs> what <laughs> If you can't you've got that around the wrong way mate. And and here I am sort of, you know, tutting and you know, they 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 making megabucks along the way. It's so, always the
2: very definition of a bubble by the way. Hey, I, I bought something. What the it. hell is it?
1: Well, here's here's the other thing that I've said to you. I think mean, one of the things, one of the many characteristics of a bubble is that it always goes on longer than you think. So as mm. much as I think it's kind of crazy, I would not be surprised at all if we're here next week. We're going to, by the way, fools, we are going to give you regular weekly updates on this. <laughs> by the way, how much are you up already?
2: I, I'm, I'm looking as we speak. I'm, I'm dialing up my Coinbase app. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, and I, my Bitcoins are worth $102. Wait, wait, wait over two days? Well, one hundred three dollars thirty nine. Just updated. There you go. Annualize that, mate. On an annualised basis, exactly. that is pretty. <laughs> that is pretty special. End of the year, mate. I'm going to be. I'm going to be buying the drinks. Pretty, put it that way. can't sell it, though, right? Well, there is that.
1: Say, say, say what? Walk...
2: <laughs> I think
1: you know. a guy. Walk me through that. So you've decided. Oh. You've decided to buy some Bitcoin. Okay, why not? Have a bit of a punt. It's your money. Um, but if you can't sell. Well, hey, why can't you sell? And if you can't sell, didn't you just set a hundred dollar note on fire?
2: Uh, mate, you can't. You can't. You melt hundred dollar notes these days. Well, next it's time it's been you a while to... since you've seen one. With it. you actually, you melt them rather than burning them is these days. True? They're plastic. Okay. So look, here's the thing: we've been, we've ranted on Bitcoin before, and I'm still on record as saying I think it's a bad investment. Generally speaking, it's mm-hmm. not. It's not. It's not the sort of investment a long term investor should make. It is purely and utterly speculation. Yes. And, <laughs> okay. And look, so... and part of it, Frank, so I bought 100 bucks worth of Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. It's it's 0. 0.013 something of a Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Uh, here you go, 0. 0. 0.01340301 Bitcoin, <laughs> officially. Okay. And the, uh, look, the story basically was it was one of those things that we've been talking about for a very long time. Here we go, just You and attention. I with the team. No, no, no you no, and I no, with the team. I want to see how you rationalize it, a, a, please go ahead. For <laughs> a long time. Yeah. And, uh, and and I just thought you know what I might as well at least be part of, I might as well mm. be part of the process understand what's going and how it's working. <laughs> so it's, re- it's, it's research it's research no 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 I,
1: give me a break
2: I will I will <laughs> I will stand on this and then you can laugh at me Tom, no, I'm Tom, already laughing at you don't <laughs> Tom, you man. Tom Gaynor, who we who we all both uh, respect and appreciate mm-hmm. who's the chief investment officer of a mini Berkshire Hathaway in the US yeah um he, he has a portfolio he, a very concentrated portfolio mm-hmm. But he also has another couple of hundred stocks. He's going very, very small amounts of. Yep. He does it specifically because he believes that having a little bit of skin in the game means you follow along with the company, you understand it better. It's kind of one of those um, forces you to pay it's attention. It's a behavioural bias kind of trap, trap right? It's exactly. Force you to pay hack. attention, right? A hack. right. A hack. See, you should own the bitcoins, not I me. Really should. Anyway, so uh, look, yeah, it was purely a bit of fun. I thought, okay, well, if I was going to buy Bitcoin, a, how does it work? How do you do it? What does it involve? And thought, well, the best way to do it is actually go and do it myself. So. Yeah. What was the minimum transaction? Was it a hundred bucks? I think so. Yeah. It might have been so, fifty. But... I 50 <laughs> so, okay. okay. So it's, okay. it's not going to break the bank. Yeah. Okay. If it, if it, if it. Go up tenfold. I'm still not going to make a fortune. Right. And if it goes to zero, Mate, I think a hundred bucks. It could go
1: up a million fold, and you won't make a cent
2: because right. you can't sell.
0: <laughs> Riddle me so, that. So, How the hell? Does... Well,
2: which is which is exactly why. To my, I, I will stand on my point about it being largely research slash a bit of fun because there is the, the app I used currently has no relationships. To, I don't know whether it's not allowed to or they don't have a relationship with a financial institution in Australia. Okay. But basically, you can't. There's nowhere no way to to. Withdraw the money. Well, they, they certainly made it possible to buy,
1: though. <laughs> Funny that, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, look. So yeah, it, it might look this, this thing. It may never happen. So to, to that yeah. point, I mean, <laughs> I, I've completely lost my mind. Well, that's proof positive to prove my point that it's purely research. Because if nothing happens, nothing happens. I, I likened it this morning when I was talking to you so You know, a hundred buck magazine subscription. Right. I'll, I'll follow along if I get some money out at the end of the process. So be it. If it's yep. double or half, so be it. Um, it, it literally was about the process, and it's and so it was a fascinating kind of exercise to go through to see what people are doing, it, how they're doing it, what the transactions are like. It is scarily easy once you set the account to buy Bitcoin. Yeah. I could I could literally buy more while I was standing here talking to you, but I'm neither silly enough nor um, <laughs> nor, nor nor am I sufficiently unscared of my wife to just go and randomly buy more Bitcoin. <laughs> it right. uh, was it was purely part of the fun, but you know what? It, it actually it does mean. By definition, I've got the app on the phone. Now I check it once a day just for the interest and see what's going on. Once a day? Yeah, yeah, once ten, a day. Ten times a day. Let's, no, a, be, let's be honest. Uh, in the morning? I check it in the morning? I think you've already checked it four times before we did the <laughs> broadcast. More for the, more for the point of telling you how much You're I right. had. I've checked it more than I've checked my share portfolio. Put it okay, that way. okay.
1: Uh, here I am laughing, but you know, as I said, we'll follow along week by week here. And I probably <laughs> won't be laughing me, in a few way. weeks' yeah. time. I'll probably yeah. be kicking myself. But there you go. All part of the fun. Speak- but,
2: but as you said to start with, do as I say, not as I do. It, we yeah. we don't. Just anyone does it. Look, if you you know, I
1: have a bit of fun. If you're just don't call it investment. I said to you right? this morning, it's blackjack
2: money, right? Yeah, totally. I put it on the table. I've called it. Put it on black. If it comes up, then I, I win some money. If I don't, I lose the money. It's just one of those things. And I don't want to be. I don't want to be completely reckless with it. I'm not saying 100 bucks doesn't matter. Yeah. Just that in this case, it literally is a part of just kind of getting inside the ecosystem and seeing how it works out. Speaking of behavioural bias, I do have a little bit of FOMO at this <laughs> point in time. I kind of think, oh, what
1: Get all the FOMO. what an idiot. Oh, maybe I should do it too. I you got know. FOMO, I've got
2: YOLO between us. We've got it all covered. All,
0: we've got all the acronyms covered. We're with all the cool kids. Motley Fool Money. Financial advice for real people, not trust fund hippies. Sign up for the newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. So, when you are rich yes. uh,
1: from your Bitcoin um, uh, bonanza, um, <laughs> you might make it onto the rich list. And oh. so I'm sad to say, mate, you won't make it onto the young rich list. It's, that ship has sailed. That's very unkind. That ship has sailed. The middle-aged rich list, is one of those? You're, you're,
2: <laughs> I don't even think they break it up into brackets. You're either young or you're not. That's the, Yeah, that's what I hate about that. I like, oh, if you're young enough, you the rich list, you're great. Other than that, you kind of don't what, count. What is, Just,
1: the, what is the age cutoff? 40. 40? Oh, yeah, yeah that yeah. ship has sailed. So... <laughs>
2: So, um,
1: <laughs> I think I'm actually technically like a few months older than you, so I should probably shut up. A few about days, a few, a few days. days yeah. So, um, uh, they they do the Young Rich List. They do. Um, it's the top 100. The AFR does it. For, for, for sorry, the sorry, the AFR. They. Um, they it, this year it had a com- the top 100 uh, rich Australians under the age of 40 had a combined net wealth of 13.2 billion dollars. Nice. Now, who
2: topped the list? I like—I like to call this the the envy list. Yes, and I—I I mean this because not only everyone's are they rich; a wanker on they're also list young. Until I make I don't mind them being young or rich, but give us something, you know. <laughs> no. When you get to a certain age, you've got to at least have one of those things going for you. You got neither; it's just depressing, oh, really, isn't it? What I was going to swear, then I won't. So, so uh, <sighs> it may not come as much of a
1: surprise that the Atlassian dudes. Co-founders Mike kennan Brooks and Scott Farquhar
2: have topped that list. Now well, we come to us, we come to as a shock for most people who don't even know what Atlassian is. Well, tell us that we'll, story. we'll
1: circle back on that in a moment. Right? I I, would. I've got, a, I've done some research for once in my <laughs> life, so I need, I need to spout out some <laughs> you figures. Just want, you just want to write it the stuff i oh, have written down. Don't yeah, totally you? Totally and then we'll go do. back and talk we'll about totally it. Do. All right, <laughs> tell us what you know. So uh, they have a combined net worth of six point oh seven billion dollars. Now, Last year dudes? they yep. were at the top of the list, and they, they did that with four point six billion dollars. Now here's what blew me away. Such is their domination. Yes. That they are ten times, to- almost ten times ahead of places three and four. Wow! And I think their entire net wealth actually makes up about half of the entire list. That is how much. <laughs> so the two money richest blokes
2: are, are, are as rich as the next ninety-eight. Yep, and they're thirty-seven. <laughs> Bastards. Bastards. The only good thing about that is in a three is we don't have to look at that number anymore. Yes. It'll be 40. Yeah, okay that's that. true. That's, that's right. true.
1: So you tell me. You, you, you get the hard part. You tell me what a is. <laughs> ah,
2: thank you very before much. Before you throw it to me. So, oh, nice work. Nice, nice turn around. <laughs> I'll get you back later. Atlassian is a is a, it's a workplace communication kind of project set of pieces of software tools. And they've kind of, interestingly enough, they're kind of in a couple of different directions. There's a base kind of underlying software code that underpins most of this stuff. But they kind of do different things. So there's largely project management and interoffice communication. They're two biggest apps. If you like the old killer app thing, um, think about so it, there's a new thing called workplace messaging or workplace communications. Mm-hmm. And it's not quite Skype and it's not quite email. It's kind of somewhere in between that. We use one at work called Slack. Yeah. At last and have their own. And this is a this is the big thing. It's kind of a combination of a message board slash email slash group communication kind of had to explain Productivity this, you've had to go in it right tool. right right yeah. lots of buzzwords there yep. but lots of businesses are picking it up because it does make sense we got rid of an internet at work yep. now we only use this Slack messaging app to do yeah, all of that pretty stuff cool. right? so yeah. it does work and it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's pretty cool as you say um They've made a squillion dollars. They have a version of that. They have a project management software, a couple of other bits and pieces, but those mm-hmm. two are the bulk of the Atlassian business. They're listed on the U.S. exchanges about In the Nasdaq twelve eight months ago. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago, uh, yeah. and now we're worth six billion dollars. Amazing!
1: Nice work if you it can get it. It is amazing. But how quickly this list changed? Doing doing my my deep dive into the research here. It was um, Nathan Tinkler who got. was who was like topic of the list. They first <laughs> they they remember Nathan Tinkler the, wow, the mining. The mining bankrupt. Uh, now bankrupt. Mm. So when 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 the commodity boom was flying high, he was at the top of those. Mine and These,
2: horse race owner, as I recall. I, that's right, and I former think, friend of Jerry Harvey's. That's right, not he, anymore. Correct. Does owe him some money?
1: Um, and they they knocked him off. I
2: think it was gonna. I'm gonna say back
1: in 2008 or nine or so. And uh, so he does change a lot. That's the thing with this lists is, I was seeing a lot of stuff in the paper this week about Buffett hitting a new all-time record. It's just yeah. big, when a lot of your wealth is based on on shares or, or assets that are regularly quoted, it will fluctuate around. So things can move around very, very, very quickly here. Yep. Yep. Um, but I would bet I would bet. Well, if we're still doing this podcast in a year's time, which is an open question, but if we are, I would I would say that these guys will not only still be at the top of that list, but I would dare say that their wealth
2: will have increased dramatically again. Unbelievable. Interestingly enough, you were talking about Warren bon Buffett and the record wealth. I, I, mm-hmm. I did Google that earlier in the week, and the search result I had was Berkshire sets record as Trump boosts prospects. Yeah, that's that, right. That was, that's, that was two years ago. Yeah, that's
1: right. Well, not a year and a half ago. Amazing. All right. <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole other thing. Indeed. That is a whole other thing. Shall so we move on?
0: on? Uh, yes. Real money advice from real people. Not just a couple of dicks with a Porsche. Get more at fool.com.au forward slash triple M.
1: Let's talk about company
2: profit results. I only want to talk about companies that start with A.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, I've had you, enough. Today is your lucky day. 126
2: of the outfit is all I'm doing today. Oh, fair enough. And you've got to start at the beginning. Well, I might as well. If we're going to start at the beginning- A very good place to start as the musical song went. That's it. And I won't sing it for you. We'll put that in the podcast extras. No, oh, yeah. Okay. When we email, email us. Let us know you want to hear me sing that song, and I guarantee you it absolutely won't happen. Crickets. So, <laughs> so uh, we, if we're going to start at the beginning, let's start at home. Okay. Um, in our very
1: own ANZ, Australian an New Zealand Banking. Yes. That. They had uh, they had a, a really stonker of a result, they here, did. in fact. So six point nine billion dollars in
2: cash profit, that's a rise of eighteen percent. Is it any wonder that Australians hate banks when they're making se- one of them make well, seven billion dollars off us? Well, we do and we it's a love hate because <laughs> I think
1: virtually every Australian owns a bit of ANZ well, that's bank. True too. Now, whether you own shares directly or not, if you've got super, and pretty much everyone does, you're guaranteed to own some of this. So we kind of hate them and at the same time want their shares, want them to keep making money and go up, right? That's true, that's true. So um, there's, there's one way to align interest. It's it's, <laughs> it's that way. Yeah. But it was it was an interesting result. Now, what was interesting was the actual net interest income that they mm-hmm. made, and that's how banks make their money, by and large, yep. was down. Yeah.
2: So how do you get an 18% lift in your profit when you've made less interest income. So let's say the net interest margin as the banks call it is the difference between the cost of their borrowing yep. and what they lend to us at. So they make a margin on the difference. Yep. That's their net interest margin. You borrow at one, you, you lend out at two, one yep. percent your difference. Nice. That number you want the banks to grow that. They haven't been able to recently. Yes. So they done the next best thing. What's they've a, fired some people.
1: we you know what? They have fired more than some people. Back in 2015, they had a round, rounding here. They had about 50,000 full-time staff. Right. By the way, there's a sign of just how big these institutions are. That's one of the big four. 50,000 full-time staff back then. 50,000 plus, I should say. Mm. Today, it's about 44,000. So Oof. there's a lot of people who they've, they've really... sort of, uh, I was going to say trim the fat, that's a very unfair term, but they, 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 they have back pared hard. back on, on that staff expenditure in a well, very, so very big way.
2: 12% reduction in staff in a couple of years.
1: It's a pretty big chunk, and yeah. that's what's driven it. They also had a very, very good result in their
2: institutional banking arm as well, which <laughs> which jumped up quite a lot as well, in a very yes. sort of volatile area. Interestingly enough, too, I will say that if you just say quickly, tangent, we talked I think in a couple of podcasts ago about cashless economy and the fact we're using more plastic these yep. days, um, part of that and part of the bank fee kind of change with the, the cash withdrawals is that well, the amount of us going into a branch who are actually using those person-to-person, even, frankly, cash yeah. transactions mm. is just falling dramatically. Oh, even it? though a lot of us think, well, I haven't been in the bank branch in years, those people who are still going to branches are doing it less often as well. And so you get this weird situation where... More and more of our business is being done online. Yeah. It's being done with plastic. Yeah, um, If it's done with cash, it's done through an ATM. So there's just simply fewer and fewer banking services required by the average punter going into a branch saying, hey, can I talk to you about something? And that's uh, that's driven much of that. I would production. say literally I have not been in
1: a bank branch for 18 months. Yeah, And before then, it was probably another 18 months. Right, I, right. I've
2: got no reason to. Those and many. I only go to an ATM once every blue moon yeah. these days as well. But I've, I've ha- made a point. So I was... Where did I go? I went to the I went to the Gold Coast. I want to say was it a month and a half ago? ago? Uh, yeah, sounds about right. I haven't taken. I've been to an ATM since. I'm, I made a point of kind of yeah. just keeping an eye on. I'm trying to use the card as much as I can, or the, the phone. I've got the phone app. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're not using it much, and so I, I don't. Th- I think what you'll find those with decent memories will remember a whole lot of bank branch closures probably yep. ten years ago. I want to say massive public backlash, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I reckon we're probably a year or two away from another round of those because we're simply using branches so much less, so just much less cash. Just don't need them. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. And, and those who those who do want to go to a branch need to talk to somebody. Yeah, but there are many, many fewer of us doing that. I think at some point we're going to find a whole lot more closures coming through. I, I, I've been reasonably negative on the banks for a while, two or three years or
1: so, Mm. and I've always, I've always, it's not that you know, I think they're they're disasters or anything. I've always just wondered where is the growth going to come from, right? And you know, for better or worse, or or luck or otherwise, it's actually proven to be the case. But what. I missed mm. was just how substantial substantially they could move that bottom line just through cost cutting. Now, unfortunately, cost cutting is, is something that has limited value. You you know, you you can't cut your staff by twelve percent every year. Yeah. Um, eventually, you're just going to have one one person there. Um, but, <laughs> but but wow, eighteen yeah. percent, right? Yeah. And so here's the question I think we always need to end up on when we, we talk about specific companies, particularly those on the ASX and particularly those that a lot of listeners might have some exposure to, right. is you sort of look at it and go, oh, okay, for better or worse, <laughs> they've done that. These guys are paying them, what, 52
2: 5.3% of a fully franked yield. Right. Are you a buyer of the banks? Not for capital growth. I think I've said before, I think for an income investor and you want fully franked dividend income and you don't care about beating the market, that mm-hmm. income is your favourite. I think there's a place for the banks. Yeah, I don't, certainly wouldn't be buying them. I think they're getting some okay growth on the back of massive house price growth. I just don't think that'll keep going. I think you'll find that'll that'll come to a... If not a screaming halt. It'll come to a massive slowdown, and I think that's probably bad news overall. Well, I think like that. That's that's kind of
1: where I sit there as well. Plus, I've sort of talked before about the potential asymmetry of returns. If things do get a little bit na- if, not if not necessarily when, but if things do get a little bit nasty, it could be, it, it couldn't, it could be pretty bad for the banks. Interestingly enough, forgetting about what may or may not happen in the future, I think what will surprise a lot of people. And we all know what's happened with with house prices over the last three right. years. If you had bought ANZ Bank three years ago and you include the dividends, very, very juicy dividends mm. that you've gotten along the way, you've actually only averaged about a two and a half percent return over that period. Right. So there is something to be said for value. And I just put that in there so I, I don't sound I you know can make myself sound a little bit smarter <laughs> for not for not investing. But even if you go back ten years, you know, ANZ you would have got six percent per and that's not terrible. That's not terrible. But it's not great. Um, over a ten-year period, NAB was even worse. You got about four percent. So this is re- this is yeah. uh, 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 not in adjusted for inflation either. So it's it it. I find that I find that interesting. That if they are delivering those kinds of shareholder returns in an environment where the wind is at their back, yep. it is
2: it is interesting. We should say, of course, it's not just the banks who set those prices, right? Sometimes if the shareholder returns are down, it's because people paid stupid Yeah, totally, to, totally. If the shares 10 years ago were paying too cheap prices now or vice versa, yes. so the bank isn't responsible for its share price any more than Woolies or someone else would be. Uh, but you make a good point. For all of the love that's shown to our banks haven't exactly earned it over the last decade. Well I would tell,
1: just will I'll 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 quote you with some other numbers now because I've got you it really, in front of me. That's
2: a, a podcast. I, I know, but I'm gonna do it anyway. So so you talk that what they do Lane, we could put a marker here, mate, just when 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 Adam when he finishes talking, we'll just start up again. Sure. All right, thanks Mark. All right. So go on. Ready? Go. Um, screw you
1: guys. Uh, when dividends have increased by one point one percent per year for NAB over the last ten years. and got any special. Um, their earnings have dropped. By about, dropped by about 1% per year over the last 10 years. Right. 10 years. Uh, biggest property broom in Australian history. Um, uh, okay, maybe I'm being unfair picking on NAB. ANZ, they've only grown their earnings by about 3% per year. Over the last... It's not spectacular. It's not spectacular.
2: And cut. <laughs> All right. From the sublime to the ridiculous or from the ridiculous to the sublime. Let's talk about a couple of our... Overseas brethren. Now my let's talk companies. about some
0: really cool. companies. A couple of my
2: favourite companies. I own one of them. I'll, I'll put my hand up for one, and we'll get to that in a second. Two big, big tech behemoths, both starting with A, because I'm on a strike for the rest of the alphabet sure, right now. Sure. Amazon and Alphabet. You own Amazon shares? I do I own Amazon don't you? shares? Thankfully, do you no. own
1: uh, Alphabet?
2: No, because I'm an idiot. You know, every every
1: almost month, I go when the AI overlords overtake us, you know, it's the people who own shares in some of the big tech giants that are probably going to fare best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I really got to stop overthinking that and just buy some. You I really just, do. I've got to pull my finger out. Um, you don't want to overthink it. I, I just think they are phenomenal. And here's the amazing thing with both Alphabet and Amazon. <laughs> so when you know when you're in microcap land, you're in some of these small companies, they've got very, very small bases and they you know, you you will see companies growing their sales and growing their earnings by pretty high double digit amounts. Right. You know, if if you and I 10, have 20%, a tiny little result. business, we've got five clients, next year we have ten. We've really only added five clients, but we've <laughs> right. potentially doubled our sales. These right? Are double
2: sales, Right? Yeah. you
1: know it's it, it's easier to do. The amazing thing <laughs> about what these guys have done yep. is that these are Absolute behemoths. So Alphabet uh, shares above a thousand dollars each mm-hmm. after in after hours trade. Their sales were up twenty four percent to mm-hmm. twenty
2: seven point eight billion dollars. <laughs> right with Amazon, the rise so just, was just to put that in context. They added about six or seven billion dollars worth of sales.
0: Amazing. Added.
2: Not that that's not the total size. That's the amount they
1: increased by versus Off last year. the base that they had. Amazon was even more spectacular. Yep. Forty three point
2: seven billion dollars in sales. That was up by more than a. Third, right. So adding ten billion dollars worth of new sales,
1: and and this is this has been you know from a, a company
2: that's already the number one online retailer. Everyone already knows that sells to every country in the world. Yep, and they still the everything despite still. twenty years of domination. Yeah, it's like it's like Woolworths. All of a sudden, increasing sales by a third. Like it just it, it doesn't happen. It, right, It boggles the mind.
1: And and, and I would I would speculate that that we are we are set for several more years, at least probably a lot more of double digit
2: top line growth. Shares in Google were over. Up over two, over sorry, a thousand dollars a share after hours, as was Amazon. So they've got a bit of short interest in these companies
1: well, too. Do the, we want to? Do go down was, that there rabbit? Was, there wasn't
2: until today.
1: So a lot of people in Amazon were shorting it. You look at you look it. We've talked about Amazon before in the podcast. You look through some of these traditional metrics,
2: and it's just crazy expensive. They only just started making a profit, right? Oh, uh, yeah. They've kind of made profits on and off. They're not making much money. They're not much, right? On, on, on $43 billion yeah. worth of revenue, they made about $250 million worth of profit. You know, profits. and it's- It's, it's, it's a and, rounding error. And it's
1: because we've talked, again, they're reinvesting it all, and they're they generating- um, <laughs>
2: Spectacular results.
1: Spectacular results. Right. And, and they've got- I think a long way to run. I I, I just think you you uh, again. I'll end up with the same question. Are you no surprises here? For the answer: Are you a buyer, Mr. Phillips, of Amazon I or think Alphabet?
2: Amazon and Alphabet are absolute buyers. I think every Australian investor should have exposure to the U.S. tech sector. Yeah. If I was a an Australian investor with a U.S. trading account, I would be buying Amazon and Alphabet. Mm. And frankly, if you don't have one, you should get one. These, these are going to be. I wrote an article for the for Fairfax Press the other day, basically why why I own Amazon, and why you should too. These guys are going to eat the world. Mm-hmm. You can own the Woolworths and the JB Hi-Fi's and Harvey Normans, you might do okay with those companies. You yeah. need to own Amazon. It's just it's one of those companies that is going to be bigger and better in ten years than it is today. If you're an investor and you want to be exposed to the retail space, not having Amazon is like trying to fight with one hand tied behind your back. I think it's mad. Yeah. And similarly, Alphabet. Th- these guys are just the absolute. Absolutely dominant global players in search and then advertising. Yeah, maybe it goes away. There's a there's a bear case around app based advertising that Google don't control. Potentially, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's a long bow. I think you know, like honestly, risk reward. And frankly, the the PEs on particularly Google, yeah, what 20 times or something. Wait, there just, there, there crazy are stocks on the, the, they're, are, the they're
1: are mature. Stocks in our domestic market that trade on much higher multiples. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it, it a funeral amazing. services
2: business that trades on over twenty times earnings. You compare that with with the hypergrowth of Google, and you think, well, hang on, which one do you want to own? Yeah, yeah.
1: I should say I do own for some through an ETF in the US, but I need I need more direct exposure. You do. You do. Hold, hold me to that, mate.
0: Get more Motley Fool money advice at fool.com.au/slash-triple-m. Now, Liam.
1: Q sound effects.
0: <laughs> I've
1: caught him off guard. There. There he is. There we go. That can mean only one thing. It can mean only one.
2: Strap, strap yourselves in. <laughs> what are you going to rant about today? Oh, up on my high horse. Yeah, go for it. Hi, high oh, horse over away. Liam, can we have that for next week? Can we have the Lloyd Rangers thing for next week? There we go. There, right. we go. <laughs> there we go. Two for the price of one. How good value is our podcast? You've built it up, though. You've got to make it good. I've got nothing to talk about. Oh, really? No, I'm kidding. Oh. I'm going to. Here's the thing. So, iCenture is a media monitoring company that some people will know if you're listening. And if you are listening and you do know it and you own the shares, you're probably licking your wounds today because they lost a squillion dollars. Shares are down a very long way. They lost 35 or 40% pretty big. on Thursday alone mm. on the back of really, really poor results. And here's the interesting thing. We were talking before about how the CEO kept his job. Yeah, so far. Kept his job okay. yeah. so far. And I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to defend him, not because I think he's necessarily right. Mm-hmm. Because I think the culture we have in this country of wanting someone to pay for everything, there's PR. You need someone to fall on their sword. It is, and it is absolutely mad, mm-hmm. complete and total madness. He has he has wasted a lot of shareholder money. The board has wasted a lot of shareholder money. Mm-hmm. They have completely cocked it up. Yeah. But the question is, should they go just because of that?
0: Mm-hmm. Now imagine
2: if Warren Buffett had made a mistake in his first year of investing, and we said Buffett's got to go. He can't yeah. be chairman of Berkshire Hathaway anymore. Yeah. And the next forty nine years would have been worth nothing. What if Jerry had messed up his first store, Jerry mm-hmm. Harvey? Mm-hmm. No more Harvey Norman because he messed up his first store. He's out. Yeah. I think we we make the mistake as investors, as people, we do the same with our politics. For what it's mm-hmm. worth, we were always looking for a head to roll, a scalp, a something. Football yeah. coaches the same. Football Newsletter advisors. We are very very important people, <laughs> we're, but we're always yeah. looking for a head to roll. We're yeah. always looking for someone yeah. to blame or some responsibility to assign, some way of kind of solving our 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 primal need for revenge and for vengeance. Mm. And it's absolutely complete crap. Now, if you think about, you know, it, let's, again, use the Warren Buffett example. How many mistakes would you have let Warren Buffett make through his career if he knew he was going to get to here? As many as he wanted to, yeah, right? right. So, so just saying to someone, you made a mistake, you lost some money, yeah. you are therefore gone, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, we, mistake, we mistake any outcome for responsibility. Mm-hmm. We, we underplay dramatically the role of luck in both success and in failure. Yep. When someone succeeds because of luck, we say, oh, they're wonderful people. Mm-hmm. When someone fails, we say, you got to go. Yeah. And in neither case do we say, it's well, probably a bit of luck there. Branson might've got lucky. Buffett might've got lucky. Jerry Harvey, Frank Lowy might've got lucky. Now they worked bloody hard. They did a lot of good things. Mm-hmm. So they deserve to be lauded or, or, or pilloried because they made one mistake or had one success. I, I, I just don't think. So. I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Um, I don't know I, why you disagree. <laughs> it's always a, it's always a losing proposition. Mate, it's do. It's always a losing proposition. I'm uh, right far more than I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm still right.
1: The I sent your story as closely, but but <laughs> <laughs> That's because
2: you didn't recommend it as your your service. <laughs> That's true. I'm, I'm as has got poor, the... yeah, he's um, got poor members who who bought the shares. Well, sorry, so
1: so it, it's one of those things where I, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. Thank you. I'll use another another. For example,
2: uh, quickly, of
1: uh, Blackmore's got into Baby Formula with a, a partnership with Bega. Yes. And uh, well, they had their quarterly results yesterday and they've announced that they're terminating that. Yep. And I would say, because I have recommended Blackmore's,
0: that, <laughs> that
1: actually that was cool because that was that was an opportunity that was definitely worth a try. There was right. a big upside. And I, I'm a big believer in doing things as long as there is a cogent, rational argument exactly. for doing it. Exactly. And, and importantly, if the business is one that can fail quickly. So there's nothing wrong with trying something if there's a nice potential for returns. Where companies make mistakes and where shareholder value gets destroyed is when like a bullet a gate or an ostrich with their head in the sand, they just keep moving ahead on something that is clearly broken. So there's, mm-hmm. there's that. And so th- there's, there's nuance here in terms of, well, how quickly should have they, they killed this deal? Sure. And, there's, and, then, and then you could have potentially, in this case, made the argument that, look, why are you guys getting involved in this? There was a rationale for it, but how sensible was the rationale? So I, I agree that, that you, you have to take risks. I agree that there's a huge amount of luck in all of these things. But at the same time, you have to you have to judge these
2: decisions at the time on their merit, and some will have more merit than others. Oh yeah, and look if the if the decision was fundamentally flawed for obvious reasons, right. then there should probably be some sort of hell to pay, right? But we're all we all make mistakes, we all we all we all take these risks, yeah. and we celebrate risk takers who win, mm. and we punish risk takers who fail. And I think I think well, oh, failure is a part of it, right? You can't. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly yeah. the point. Yeah. So you think about over, as investors, it's a great example, right? Mm. Peter Lynch, the famous US fund manager, said if you're, if you're great in this game, you'll be right six times out of 10. Mm. You know, that that's kind of the story. And so do we say you made four mistakes, you're out? Mm. Or do we say like a Warren Buffett, well, you made some mistakes. Some of these businesses he bought went bankrupt. stone yeah. motherless bankrupt. Yeah. So is Buffett a, a terrible stock picker? Of course he's not. Mm. That's just the reality of doing what we do. And I think when we when we ignore what we... what psychologists call the counterfactual. In other words, what might have happened otherwise. Mm. When we just say, this is what happened and therefore you were great or terrible, mm. we're missing the entire point, we're missing the nuance there. And if you invest, if you make decisions, if you vote, quite frankly, according to those sort of rules, you are mad because you're simply saying whatever ended up happening was always going to happen yep. rather than allowing for the fact that there's a truckload, not a shitload because I won't say shitload, I'll say truckload. There's a truckload. <laughs> Don't say that. I won't yep. say that. There's a truckload of of luck in all of these things yep. and calling people's heads when they fail, lauding people out. Ridiculously, when they succeed, are both stupid things to do. Understand the overall, frankly, reality and outcome. Yeah, If they take enough risks, if they have enough outcomes... Then start judging on their merits. Otherwise, it's pure luck.
1: I would say, just as a more broader point, not just specifically in terms of what I, I sent to happen. Just my but, horse get off. It's... But
2: I, I think I think a
1: lot of companies get into trouble through acquisitions. Acquisitions are yep. a wonderful way to juice uh, profits and, in ultimately, shareholder returns and shareholder value. It's great. Yep. We know from history and statistics tell us that generally speaking, two thirds of acquisitions do not work out. Yep. A third about, you know, don't really do much for the better or the worse, and a third absolutely destroy value. So it yep. is it is something that I think we... The, the... The market inevitably gets very carried away with these things, even though the stats are are very much against them. And generally speaking, when it goes against them is when you have a company that has um, a a really nice business model, a really decent competitive advantage, and they go into a new geography, a new market. They go outside of their area of expertise. You know, there's there's culture mismatches. There's there's all kinds of things that can go wrong. So I I, I am one who says that when you see a company doing, you know, wonderful slide presentations of what this thing is going to mean and mm. how much mm. synergies they're going to unlock and how much it's going to, that's all good and
2: it's all entirely plausible, but I think it's always worth looking at with a very healthy degree of skepticism. So here's the thing, I completely agree with that, but don't forget that even the ones that go well can do fantastically well. When Google bought YouTube yeah. for $1.6 billion, people thought they were mad. Yeah, It turned over last year $66 billion in revenue. Wow. So yes, you're right, two-thirds of acquisition yes. might go badly, Yeah. Does it mean you shouldn't do it? Well, you tell Google I shouldn't have made the acquisition of YouTube, or a well, actually, Google's content.
1: made a ton of acquisitions that right, have been disasters. Right. But again, what they have done is they go, ah, oh, it didn't work out, and they they put a bullet in it, take it out the back, they shoot it, and they bury it in the ground, and and that is the smart thing to do. Correct. We better wrap it up, mate. That'll do. Before you go, or before we go, more we're, to a point, am um, Don't forget, you. I've oh, got to I tell going? you something. Sorry, no, mate. No, no. It's not good. Uh, well, you can subscribe uh, to the thanks, Triple M thanks Motley for listening. It's <laughs> now that you've got this so Bitcoin money, you don't need. You don't need us. You can subscribe to this podcast through iTunes or an Android podcast app. And you your should. Choice. I use Beyond Pod for what it's worth. No, cards, no affiliation, right? but uh, I, I do recommend them. I do like them. Uh, if you like what we're doing, please give us a nice, big, fat five-star rating. It helps spread the foolish word. And uh, why not visit fool.com.au. Forward slash. Triple M. Full Until on. next time. full on. full on.